Hi guys, I hope you guys are doing amazing. If you're new here, welcome, and if you're not, welcome back to the Everything Team Podcast. Today I am interviewing an employment counselor, which I know seems a bit foreign, but I swear on my cat's head, and I love my cat very much, um, that this episode is super interesting and full of amazing advice that you need to hear. Now, if you're asking yourself, what is exactly an employment counselor? Well, you'll just have to keep on listening. The fact of the week is that in ancient Greece and Rome, doctors used spider webs to make bandages for their patients. Spider webs supposedly have natural antiseptic and antifungal properties, which can help keep wounds clean and prevent infections. Just a few things before we start, make sure to go check out my most recent blog post about helpful apps and websites for students, as well as my new YouTube short where I walk you through what I do in a day as a teen podcaster. Also, I am now selling stickers on my podcast logo, which is really cool, so make sure to get go get yourself one. Even though the Everything Teen Podcast is teeny tiny, I just thought it would be nice to have a product out there. So all the links are in my bio, and I'll, as always, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and follow our Instagram account at theeverything.teenpodcast, which is managed by my wonderful friend, Ella. I still design all the posts, but Ella is just there to upload them, and she sees all the stats and sends me the DMs and comments, so I still see them. This decision was just because I have a toxic relationship with social media, and I didn't want to really see the stats, um, but I still want to create content, interact with you guys, and find a way to grow this podcast. So without all that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Hi, welcome to the Everything Teen Podcast. How are you doing today? I am excellent. Yeah? Yes. Have you ever been on an interview before? Yes, I have. Great. Okay. Um, so before we start talking about your job, I just want to ask you, you know, what other jobs have you had and how has that led you to what you do today? I've had many, many different kinds of jobs throughout my life, uh, many of which are absolutely different from each other. So I've really gone across the whole spectrum which makes me very good at adapting to new jobs, taking skills from certain jobs, transferring them to others. So what kinds of jobs? Oh, I've had, uh, I've been a dairy farmer, so I milk cows. Uh, I've managed coffee shops. I have worked in some AI for sports. Um, what else have I done? I have been a teacher. I've been a tutor. I've been uh, a research assistant for a blind economist. Um, what else have I done? I've worked in warehouses. I have been a film editor. Uh, and I've probably had jobs I don't even remember anymore. So. <laughs> wow, that's really crazy. Because like a lot of people I meet, you know, they, they go to school and they continue that path the whole way. And, and it's crazy how much, how many things you've, um, you've done and how, so then did you just do the all of that? And then you decided, how about I just try out employment counselor? Well, one of the reasons I never settled into one job is because I never really knew what I wanted to do. Uh, sometimes I had ideas of what I wanted to do, but I stopped myself sometimes, mm -hmm. partially out of economic concerns, you know, like making money. I wanted to be a filmmaker at one point. Uh, it's a very difficult job. It's very hard to make a living being a filmmaker. Uh, and I do know a lot of filmmakers because I was a film editor later. And a lot of them don't really get to work on what they want to work on. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time they're doing, 
commercial work, which I wasn't really interested in. I'm kind of a purist with art, so I decided that's not a good venue. So a lot of the times my heart wasn't fully into it when I went into mm -hmm. jobs, but I did enjoy them. Do you have any regrets of not like sticking to one thing or do you really like always being able to change and adapt? I do have some regrets. I mean, it would have been nice to stay in one field for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually tell people it's the best thing to do is if you do like doing some something, stick to it for a long time mm -hmm. because you'll learn, you'll make connections with people, you'll, you'll improve your skills, you'll get better at it. And eventually you will make enough money um, to get by. You'll find a way. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's if you do know what you, you want to do. I don't regret it too much because every time I did something for long enough, I felt like it was at the end of where I was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe it's not necessary to do the same job your whole life. I don't know. It's really depends on the person, I think. Yeah. And um, so because you've had all these different jobs, what was your education like? I'm really curious. So my education was a little bit all over the place. I was a pretty horrible student most of my life. <laughs> uh, elementary school, high school, I skipped school at least 20, 30% of the time. I think I, had, I hold some records wow. <laughs> in my elementary and high schools. Uh, I wasn't interested in most of the stuff going on in school. Uh, socially, I wasn't really that social. I mean, I was social, but I didn't know how to be social. Uh, so... I, and then as, as I got to higher levels of education where I could choose what I was studying, uh, I started becoming more and more interested in, in liking school quite a bit more. Mm -hmm. So I did a, a first degree uh, in creative writing and, um, and English literature, which I enjoyed. Uh, not great for jobs, but I did have a <laughs> good time and I really expanded my mind. I studied some philosophy as well as a minor. Uh, then... I went back to school years later and did a degree in social work, an accelerated degree because I already had a degree, which had a big stage com uh, internship component to it, which mm -hmm. I really enjoyed because it was hands-on training. And then years later, I went back and did my master's degree in creative writing and English literature as well, uh, which was interesting too. Again, not great for work, but uh, I'm not sure... Sometimes I had ideas where I'd just get a degree and get a job from the degree. That doesn't usually work out. Um, it helps to have a degree, but I don't think just having the degree gets you a job. It's You have to be passionate and pursue the jobs mm -hmm. themselves. So uh, I guess you write? I write sometimes when I have time. <laughs> uh, I go into spurts of writing. So at the beginning of COVID, I was off work for four months. So I did get quite a lot of writing done. I don't consider myself like a full-on writer because I, I feel that full-on writers write all the time. Uh, I'm not there at this moment. Maybe when I'm older, I'm not sure. I do enjoy writing, but it comes and goes. So it's not something continuous. I do have a love for it, though, when mm -hmm. I am writing. And I do get into these, these whirlwinds of writing when I can produce quite a lot in a small time. That's great. And so now after talking about this... Um... What do you do exactly as an employment counselor? What is that? So uh, I'm an employment counselor. I'm actually I'm the coordinator of an employment program. It's a pre-employment program. So the program really is to get people back into the workforce. People who are not working, uh, either they've been on social assistance for quite a while or a short time, uh, or some people have had setbacks in their lives. 
uh, traumatic events, uh, or just a lack of confidence. They've gotten themselves into bad economic situations or um, the population I deal with is quite, um, uh, it's not just people who can't find a job. It's usually there's other obstacles happening at the moment. So yeah. could be financial, yeah. could be mental illness, could be um, domestic violence. It's a really broad range. A lot of times it's immigrants who don't have the language skills, people who don't have computer skills. Um, so it's a really a broad range. So my program, it helps, tries to help the whole range of people. Some people just need a little push, a little confidence again. Some people need social services, therapy, um, just an acceptance and a, and a sense of belonging as well to get that uh, confidence back mm -hmm. in order to, to start a job. It's not just to find a job, but it's also they can keep the job once they find it and the job can be something fulfilling as well in their life. That's great. And how long have you been doing this for? I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. That's great. And then before this interview, you're saying kind of that it was almost like eight jobs in one because you're involved in so many aspects of it. So how do you stay organized at work since you have all these things going on? I make lots of lists. <laughs> um, I make lists probably every day, things to do that day. I probably print out a list twice a week on ongoing things I have to get done. I have calendars um, of things to do. I use my alarm on my phone a lot when I have things to do. Um, this I find helps tremendously mm -hmm. because there's so many things to do in my job and they're all so different and they're all on different timelines. So it's very difficult. I, and I don't have a great memory, like a great short-term memory. Mm -hmm. So I know I would forget a lot of things. At the same time, because I'm dealing with people and it's things, a lot of the time it's it's things that if I forget can have a big impact on people's lives. So I can't forget them. So it's very yeah. important. So, you know, I'll put on three alarms on my phone. I'm going to make <laughs> sure I have a big sign in front of my computer or alarms going off all the time because I, these are not things I can put off, you know? Yeah. What's one thing everyone should know about being a social worker or an employment counselor more specifically? Yeah, I would say, I mean, social work is quite broad. So I don't know if I could say one thing for social work because it's it's really across the board. Uh, there's all different kinds of social workers. It's too broad to say one thing. Mm -hmm. For employment counselor, I would think, uh, I think the most important thing is just to, to, you know, the word that's preached a lot in social work is empathy. Um, mm -hmm. But I would go a little bit beyond empathy. It's really stepping back and looking at the big picture of things. Uh, I think empathy is a part of that. Um, but sometimes we really have to remember that there's a lot of hidden, invisible things that we can't see going on with people. So I always say to people, if someone's mean to you on the street or grumpy, you don't know what's happening in their life. Mm -hmm. I say this often in my class, my classes, in my workshops. So the same thing with my participants. Um, it's not a question of not judging, but just trying to compile as much information as I can and knowing that I'll never have all the information mm -hmm. to to understand what's happening with a participant. So if they're not doing something or something is not progressing, a lot of the time it's just to try and find out what's going on mm -hmm. uh, and then taking care of that 
so that the next step can can happen. Part of my job is to find out what else is going on in their lives, try and help them or get help them to help themselves in those aspects. Mm-hmm. And then once those aspects are done, then they can concentrate more on a job. As an example, if someone's having a really hard time in their living situation, like their apartment or something, it's going to be very difficult to look for work to get motivated if they, let's say, have cockroaches running around their apartment. Yeah. Uh, if they have children who are ill, if they have children with developmental problems, uh, if they have a parent who has cancer, it, the list goes on and on and on. So unfortunately, the government systems, uh, employers don't really look at these things. And they don't really, it's not that they don't care, but they don't have time to address these issues, obviously. So that's where we come in, where we do have the time and energy, maybe not so much time, but (laughs) we kind of have to make the time to make sure that these things are addressed so that the person as a whole can be healthier and more motivated and more confident. Very well said. I think that was really important. And um uh, you know, social work or employment counseling um, counselor, being an employment counselor, it's quite tough, as you've been saying. And like at certain times, so how do you cope with those situations mentally? Um, that's a good question. It was very difficult at the beginning because you're with people. I don't think it's like this in every employment counseling, but in our particular, I think we have a clientele who has a lot of who have a lot of needs. Uh, it was hard for me at the beginning to, you know, you're taking on a lot of emotional things uh, continuously. I don't know if I've developed some kind of uh, thicker skin the last year and a half, but I think I did a little bit. Maybe just a way to to separate, to know that our team has done as much as we possibly can. And we go out of our way as well. We do quite a lot of things that most people don't do. Most places don't do. So I think to know as well that there, there's a very high burnout um, rate among social workers, among employment counselors, especially with COVID on top of that, the burnout rate is extremely high. Uh, I've seen it with people as well. Um, you know, uh, anxiety, stress among social workers is extremely high, just like it is with nurses. They Not as much as nurses, maybe, but, you know, it we're not useful if we're burnt out. So I keep that in mind that there are some times where I got to stop, do as much as I can. If I can uh, pass on to work to, the work to someone else who is better at it, who can do it better than me, I will if I can. If I can't do the work, I have to just accept that I can't do certain things because I don't have enough time or know-how. And that's okay because I have to stay not burnt out, basically. Yeah. I have to make sure I don't burn out because if I don't, if I burn out, I can't help anybody. And those people in my group are counting on me and, and our team as well. So all of us have to make sure we're very good on our team to take care of each other and to watch out if any of us are having difficulties so that we can make sure we don't burn out. And actually mm-hmm. all, um, a lot of my coworkers have had difficult couple of years for a lot of reasons, kind of like my participants. Yeah. So I consider myself very, very fortunate. Um, you know, any quote unquote problems I've gone through outside of work have not been that severe compared to a lot of my coworkers and a lot of the participants. So it, it's, um, 
it, it does make me feel kind of lucky or grateful or whatever the word is. So I can't, I don't complain too much. I don't, um, it gives me that any extra energy when I feel like I'm burning out. It gives me that extra yeah. energy because I know I have to kind of go the extra mile because my coworkers are dealing with more than me and they're going the extra mile. So, um, I think it's something that's burnout is something that occurs a lot in many industries and has, I think, be more awareness to fix it because it's really by diminishing that burnout that we get more productive and that we can help more people. And, um, yeah, and I want to ask you, for someone who wants to be an employment counselor or work in social work, what skills do you have to have to be able to not only be good at it, good at it and help people, but to also um, make it a good job and, uh, um, and happy that you're working in that industry? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, I kind of, luckily, I got a skill, which I don't know if I can suggest to people but because i've had so many different jobs i've lost i mean i haven't really been fired from jobs but i've uh, i've left a lot of jobs i've had to start new jobs i've had to go into to jobs which i had no idea how to do so i think the starting and stopping all the time as well as the fact that i've had money stresses in the past where i worried about money you know where i got stressed out where i got tired of looking for jobs where i had that anxiety that feeling you know, that feeling of failure that everybody gets from time to time. If there's a sense of empathy that I can have for that, my participants is I know exactly what they're feeling because I've been there. Um, so someone who would be doing my job, I would say the more you know people um, would be very helpful. So talk to everybody, um, be open-minded, talk to you can learn new information from everybody. So if you see a homeless person, have a conversation with them. If you see the CEO of a Fortune 500 com company, have a conversation with them. Try and talk to as many people as you can because then you're going to start seeing patterns on how people behave, how people feel, where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are. And just at the end of the day, how to motivate them, how to inspire them, and how to... Um, just a lot of the time, it's just like you're, you're giving someone a little nudge in the right direction. It's not, it's not a lot even, but if you say the wrong thing, you can give them a nudge in the wrong direction. So mm -hmm. it's just being very attuned to people, I guess. Um, also keeping your own, um, your own issues out of the, out of the workplace is very helpful. So trying to be as objective and try and keep all your own morals, your own uh, beliefs, your own prejudices, you know, keep them as far away as possible. When they do come up, realize what they are and keep them out because it's not about you at all. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it's you're affecting your clients. It's a very hard balance. Obviously, we're human. It's not easy to do that. But mm -hmm. if you can keep yourself separated in your beliefs and just open minded and kind of jump into the other person's head into their life for a moment and just feel what they're feeling it's very helpful and you can really help them much easier that way really great advice um um so my next question is if you had all the money in the world to help your program what would be the first thing you'd pay for to upgrade or boost that program what's one thing that you think is the most crucial to um 
invest in? That's a fantastic question. That's a hard question. <laughs> uh, we deal with a lot of government agencies, school boards. It's not, I mean, money is always a, a problem because if we have to write grants to get funding, we have to renew our contracts every three years. So if we don't meet certain requirements, if we don't write our grant applications, not just properly, but we don't really like kind of sell ourselves, mm -hmm. then we don't get the money and our program is basically over. So I would lose my job. Our whole team would lose our jobs, uh, which is terrible, <laughs> um, which shouldn't be like that. So I guess if I had all the money, I would just make sure that every year we had that, at least that baseline mm -hmm. of money to keep running the program, as well as maybe having some money to give participants on the short term. Because one of the problem is when people have no money, they're in debt they can't even going two months is a real risk not getting any money because you're just going more in debt so as an example one of the problems is if they're on social assistance and they decide to try to go for a job they lose their social assistance money and if the job doesn't work out they have to go back on social assistance which is a nightmare sometimes uh, here so it could take them another two months and all this paperwork and to get their social assistance back. Meanwhile, they've lost two, three months. They're getting zero money. They can't work because if they start working again, they're not eligible for social assistance. It's a real mm -hmm. bad uh, whirlpool. So if, you know, if we had some kind of safety money, we'd call it, where we can give each person, you know, here's three, $4,000 over the next six months once they're, once they're finished a program, to go and try and, you know, I don't know how it would work, but some kind of starter money, if you yeah. want to call it. Businesses get starter money and people should get starter money too. Um, you might have a few people who take advantage, but I think most people would actually use that in a really productive way. And it, it would give them the same thing that people with money have, which is an ability to take a chance because people don't talk about it, but people who are who don't have any resources, who don't have money, don't have that opportunity to take a chance because it, if they take that chance and fail they're in the hole for a long time mm -hmm. whereas someone who has money who has parents who have money who has a support system they can take that risk if they fail they can just do it again so that's probably what i would use that money for i think yeah that's really great and to clarify um your participants do they get money um like from like social assistance while they're in the program Yes, some of them get money. Some of them, there's a, a range of money they get. It's not very much money. It's probably the money they get if they had been working before and they lost their job. It's like unemployment insurance. It's a little extra. It, it's not a good system, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it It's giving people money, which I don't even understand how they can survive on. It doesn't, a lot of the time, the money they're getting barely pays their rent. And they still have all their other food and bills and everything else to pay for. So it's very difficult. It kind of, um, it handcuffs us a lot as a program. Um, but yeah, so they do need some, they need some kind of starter money. Definitely. Great. And um, I want to ask you, cause I'm sure we're all curious about it. How does a week at work kind of seem like, is it always different, but, or like, do you have a structure to it? 
there, there is a structure in that we have classes. So the participants are in class full time uh, during the week. I give about nine hours of workshops a week, which is quite a lot. Uh, and then I have, again, like I said, it's eight jobs in one. Mm -hmm. So I have to do administrative work. I do all my own recruiting. So I'm going to have to do marketing. I have to do, I have stagiaires I have to manage. I have to plan workshops. I have to write my workshops. I have to do one-on-one -on -one meetings with the participants. If they get, in, if my participants get internships, I got to look for internships. I got to coordinate with our language teachers. I have to coordinate with our computer teachers and manage them. I have to coordinate with the rest of the staff who are doing other things as well. We have food resources I have to figure out. Uh, on top of that, like I said, all the, some of the participants have graver situations which need to be dealt with. So I have to assess those, pass them on to a social worker uh, who is more trained and has more experience to deal with more severe things. I have to deal with, sometimes I go and give uh, talks outside of my program, mm -hmm. partially to recruit, but partially also just to make um, uh, partnerships with other organizations. Um, we don't want to rely on the government 100% because you can only get so much from the government so i've made the decision along with my team to really make our own network of organizations to help each other so that's one big thing um, as well the recruiting just takes a long time because we need to attract enough people in our program mm -hmm. uh, as well as just checking up on people people who are in the past programs as well if they need help with something Sometimes people just walk off the street who need help with things who are not in my program, but we're, gonna, we're not going to turn them away. Mm -hmm. So that takes of up course. time. And I'm also on committees um, for future, uh, for employment counselors. So I have networks of employment counselors where we're building committees up in conjunction with the government. So it's quite, um, it's never the same two weeks in a row, but I, yeah, I have to manage my time extremely well because if I mess if I forget to do something or if I don't, if I don't, if I, I'm never at work, not having something to do. <laughs> well, that's I'm, good, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm always, uh, the day goes fast because I always have something to do. Um, and that's what makes my job interesting is I'm not just sitting there doing the same thing all day, mm -hmm. 40 hours a week. Um, and if I get bored with one thing, if it's not pressing, I could just skip and do something else for, for an hour or two and then come back to it. So that keeps my job quite interesting. Yeah, that was about what I was about to ask is, what do you get out of it? So is that, what's another part of your job that you really enjoy? I enjoy the people aspect of it. That's the number one thing. Uh, I tend to get very bored of jobs uh, because once, I don't want to say I master them, but once I do them very well, they're not so challenging for me. And then I don't understand what the purpose is, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, this job is great because literally every six months I'm getting a new group of people and then we're together for six months, you know, quite a bit in class, day to day, one-on-one. -on -one. So it's really like, it's not friends, but you're, you're, you're getting close to people every six months. You're getting to know about their life, their history, their stories. I'm a writer. So the stories really interest me. Yeah. And, uh, what's one great thing that the writing brought in is. I have a great interest for people's stories, which relates very well with social work because you have to have an interest in people 
if you don't have an interest in people, there's no point in working with people. Yeah. Um, so that gives me, an, and I find people very genuinely interesting. Uh, I find all my participants, I find something very interesting about all of them. Um, so I think that's probably my favorite part of the job uh, is just meeting people and finding out there. It's kind of like, not like watching, a, it's like watching a real life movie in, that you're interacting with. So I find that fascinating just to just to see people's lives and interact with them. Uh, it's, that's very fulfilling for me, just talking to people every day. Great. And um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about about your job? Mm, not that I can think of <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting to get interviewed about the job because yeah. I don't because I'm so busy, I don't always have time to sit back and think about my job, which I think is a very important thing to do, which I wish I do more often, uh, and I should, but uh, it's nice to actually talk about the job so it clarifies and crystallizes things and gets my mind uh, uh, making connections, which I don't usually do. Well, I'm glad this has helped you and will probably help other people. Hopefully, yeah. And um, to finish off every episode of this season, I'm going to ask the person I'm interviewing two questions. So Mm. the first one is, do you have any advice? Um, I think we talked about this a bit, but do you have any advice um, for teams who want to work um, being a social worker, even an employment counselor? My advice is very easy, and I give my participants this advice all the time, is volunteer. I think volunteering is a thing that everybody should do. I think it should almost be mandatory that people volunteer uh, in society. I think it's it's a bit uh, idealistic, but I think if I have a, a, a thought in my head that I believe is absolutely true, that if every single person volunteered three hours a week doing something meaningful and helping people, we would have very few problems in the world. I know it sounds idealistic, but I really think that would you you would you would get rid of uh, problems in schools. You would get rid of you know par- problems mm-hmm. with people who don't have great parents. You'd have such a wonderful support system if everybody just volunteered three hours of their time helping each other. So high school, I know it's hard to work sometimes, but there's no uh, age requirement for volunteering usually. And there's so many things you can volunteer in that go volunteer in something you really enjoy. Uh, and like I said, it doesn't even have to be three hours a week. It could be three hours a month or one day a month somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always, it could be with people. It could be with animals. It could be uh, yeah. just cleaning up a, going up to a park with a bunch of your friends and cleaning up the park, something like that. Um, this to me is is more valuable. You're not getting paid, but you're getting paid in different ways. So this to me is free experience in the world. Um, so that I would suggest all high school students go do some volunteer work wherever, you know? No, I totally, I totally agree. And well, my second question, I think you already answered it is for teens in general, which I think you yeah. answered from volunteering. I could add something to that too. Yeah. I think the, the thing with teens is they have, there is a, I remember when I was in high school and I felt very lost because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think some people are, some people know my sister knew what she wanted to do quite early and it's wonderful and she's done it and she's done a great job at it and it's been very successful, but a lot of people don't know what they want to do. And I think people get a little trapped if they don't know what they want to do. So what I would suggest is people who don't know, know, don't know what they want to do, 
just go and try different things. When you're young, it's great. You have the time. You don't have as many responsibilities. Usually uh, go try different jobs, you know, uh, go travel when you're a bit older, if you can. Traveling is fantastic. You don't need a lot of money. I traveled a lot with very little money. I probably spent less traveling than I would if I lived at home in my in the city I was born in. So go travel, go have new experiences, uh, meet new people, try different things, uh, expand your mind. Um, don't Don't think that there's only one path and one routine that you have to fit into. There are millions. So, you know, go out there and explore. Awesome. And do you have any questions for me <laughs> to finish off the episode? Uh, what kind of questions? About my podcast. About your podcast? So what do you hope, where do you see your podcast in five years from now? Um, more downloads than the Joe Rogan experience. Wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, um, I see my podcast as, because I'm still young and it's something that does take a lot of time but i can make it work no matter how busy my week is and so i just see it as something extra i can do um that benefits me and other people and it's you know it's not that much you know at first i was like wow a podcast it's so huge like how can i ever do that and now i'm here and the more i do it the easier it gets and the more impact i can put on people because i'm more experienced and so yeah i just want it to be a little something i can add to what i give to the world sounds great <laughs> and hopefully hopefully i still have the podcast in a few years uh so thank you for so much and hopefully we can talk to you another time in the near distant future um so thank you and have a wonderful day thank you it was a pleasure and i hope to be back on the show okay bye bye So that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. You can email me at the everything teen podcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, comments, or business inquiries. Don't forget to leave that review on Spotify to support the pod and hit that subscribe button on YouTube to get notified for new episodes. And don't forget about the podcast's Instagram account at the everything teen podcast. Um, if you like what you heard, stay tuned for the next episode where I talk to another person about their career. See you soon.